Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our weekly MLB Power Ranking show where we break down my weekly MLB Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. Uh, We're recording this on Monday evening, September 20th. Just to add some context for listeners as we throw out our various notes and observations if you're getting this audio on Tuesday morning. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the regular season is Janice Scurrio. Uh, welcome in, Janice. I, I start every show by asking you what you're looking forward to around the baseball world in the coming week. Uh, less than two weeks left of regular season action. A couple of exciting races for postseason spots yet to be decided. Uh, so what you got? Oh, my goodness. Uh, where do I start? Uh, so how about everything? Like yeah. you mentioned, uh, there are about a two-ish weeks left in the regular season. Uh, some races are definitely going to come down to the wire. Uh, the AL wild card will certainly be one of them. Uh, speaking of, uh, the Mariners and A's are going to c- kick off a crucial four-game set. As of right now, the A's are two games back of the second wild card spot. The Mariners are four. Uh, also, too, the National League wild card race is also shaping up to be quite Quite interesting. Uh, we'll definitely discuss some of the key participants in a little while. Uh, the Cardinals and Brewers are also going to play an important four-game series this week, which may very well determine the Cardinals' postseason future, but I'm sure you have plenty to say about that, Drew. Yeah, we will definitely touch on both of those teams, really all of those teams, I guess, as we uh, do this. I, I got married on Saturday, I should say. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, con- yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Um, but. I'm not like hungover even, but I'm just like, it was kind of a sensory overload type of weekend with a bunch of family and friends in town that I feel like my brain is a little bit fried. Um, so if I was at a bachelorette party all this weekend too. So you and I are both like equally very, very sensory overload. Yeah. Re- ready to unplug for a little bit and talk about some baseball. Yeah, we're both in kind of rough shape. Um, our brains are teetering on competence, but we'll make it through. Uh, before we continue, here's a special offer for our listeners use promo code BASES10 for 10% off any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge Plus. It can be either monthly or annual. And for any tier, not only do you get access to the baseball season tools, but your subscription also covers NBA, NHL, and NFL content. So it's a great value and can help you if you play just baseball or if you have your hand in all sports. So remember, it's promo code BASES10. You can go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash premium 
to get started. Also, the app is back. Don't forget to download the NBC Sports Edge app to receive real-time player news, mobile alerts, and track your favorite teams and players. Plus, now you can check out articles and player cards on there. The Apple App Store, Google Play, wherever you download your apps. All right, let's get to the rankings. We'll touch on all the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and three biggest fallers from last week to this week, as we usually do. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 teams, look for the column every Tuesday at NBC Sports Edge. Usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it takes me to write and having just having this wedding hangover maybe a little bit longer than, than usual weeks. All right, let's do this. The top five. All right, we've got the top five. We've got two teams did a little bit of a switcheroo in your top five, I noticed. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's start off with number one, the San Francisco Giants. So we know they've already clinched, uh, but they still have their eyes on that National League West division. They're also looking to end the Dodgers' streak of uh, winning the NL West uh, to avoid that uh, ninth consecutive year. So uh, winning the division definitely has some advantages for the Giants. Uh, they definitely do not want to find themselves in a single game elimination scenario. Uh, so uh, the Giants did not perform a three-game sweep of the Braves. On Sunday, Adam Duvall uh, launched a two-run homer in the seventh inning uh, to uh, ensure that that wouldn't happen. So uh, that loss, along with the Dodgers' win in Cincinnati, uh, so that the, right now the lead for first place in the National League West uh, is down to one game. Yeah, kind of the same old story as the Giants begin yet another week with the best overall record in baseball. Their nine-game winning streak came to an end last Wednesday versus the Padres, but they did take two of three from the Braves over the weekend, like you mentioned, and are one game up on the Dodgers for the National League West title as we record here on Monday night. Alex Wood returned from the COVID-19 injured list on Saturday and worked three perfect innings on 37 pitches, no hits, no walks, four strikeouts, and then a parade of relievers kept the shutout intact for San Francisco in a 2-0 victory. A big three-game series now at San Diego. That begins on Tuesday. Uh, they can pretty much eliminate the Padres, a team we'll be talking about later, while also looking to maintain that tight divisional lead over Los Angeles. Uh, it's a good bet, I would say, that the NL West comes down to the wire, like the final one or two days of the regular season. Kevin Gosman will get the ball for the Giants in Tuesday's openers uh, against the Padres. He's been slightly more hittable over the last month or so, but still a shiny 2.78 ERA, 1.03 whip, and 10.7 strikeouts per nine in 30 starts this year. Jake McGee, the primary closer for manager Gabe Kapler, did go on the injured list Friday with an oblique strain, uh, but the hope is that he can return before the end of the regular season. Tyler Rogers, Dominic Leone, maybe Tony Watson could be the primary ninth inning fill-ins in the meantime. McGee left behind a really strong 2.72 ERA, 0.91 whip, and 31 saves when he went on the I.L. Heading on to number two, of course, it is the team that is looking to uh, perhaps clinch a ninth straight National League West title, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, so uh, like I mentioned before, uh, they have won the NL West eight years in a row. Um, they at least at least host the wild card game if they do miss out on winning the division. So uh, winning the division is a little bit more of a tough, tougher task. Uh, the Giants are still a game and a half ahead, and the Dodgers have just 15 games to go in the regular season, and none of them are actually against San Francisco. 
Yeah, it's kind of amazing that the Dodgers have yet to be able to fully leapfrog the Giants in the National League West. The the defending champs are 33 and 11 since the beginning of August, but have made up only two games in the standings in that span. Um, still, they're definitely knocking on the door. Uh, one game back of San Francisco, leading into a six-game road trip this week through Colorado and then Arizona. We know the Rockies have played well at home, but the talent level of the Dodgers compared to the Rockies and, of course, the Diamondbacks uh, would suggest that we might be talking about a first-place Dodgers team on next week's show. Uh, it does feel like I, I feel I feel like I say that every every time we do this show, though, that, that the Dodgers are bound to leapfrog the Giants at some point. And probably, they did it once. They, yeah. they, they did do it once, so for, it very well happen again. For a very short time, they did. Uh, props to the Giants for mostly holding them off. Uh, but really coming down to the wire here now. Max Scherzer was dominant again on, on Saturday in Cincinnati, allowing just two hits and two walks over seven scoreless innings while tallying seven strikeouts. Since the uh, Dodgers acquired Scherzer from the Nationals in late July, he has a 0.78 ERA, 0.655 whip, and 79-7 to strikeout-to-walk ratio in 58 innings. He's the overall MLB leader in ERA right now at 2.08 combining his 19 starts with Washington and his nine starts now with Los Angeles. Clayton Kershaw earned his first win since June on Sunday against the Reds after throwing five innings of one-run ball with eight strikeouts. He's getting stretched out following that two-month absence with a forearm issue. It looks like Kershaw could be up to his normal 100-plus pitches uh, by the time the postseason rolls around. Obviously, the Dodgers would rather win the NL West and jump right into a five-game NLDS rather than having to play the one game kind of coin flip that is the NL wildcard game. We'll see if they can make that happen. Like you mentioned, going for their ninth straight division title. At number three, uh, one of the teams that uh, I mentioned before doing a little bit of a switcheroo, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so they also clinched a playoff spot this week. Uh, the Brewers are now heading to the postseason for the fourth consecutive season. I think I saw a tweet uh, this week saying that in the entire existence of the Brewers franchise, uh, they had only entered the postseason four times between their inception and uh, 2018, mm -hmm. uh, which is when they were last in the postseason. So four consecutive seasons is pretty impressive. So interestingly enough, the Brewers are also still in place for the National League's best record, but that's a little bit of a long shot as they're still five and a half games behind San Francisco as of Sunday night. So the club record for regular season victories by the Brewers is 96. Uh, that was set in 2011 and then matched in 2018 uh, since uh, they did play game 163 that year against the Cubs. So uh, this year's Brewers, uh, they look like they're about to make the break that mark. Yeah, they move up a spot this week in my rankings, having won seven of their last 10 games. And with the ability to lock up the National League Central as early as Tuesday night, essentially just have to win two games in this four-game series against the visiting Cardinals to get it done. And if they win three or four of those games, they can really spoil this late run that St. Louis has been on. We'll discuss the Cardinals' surge in a bit. Uh, one of my biggest risers this week, happy to say that. Freddie Peralta just took the mound in the series opener on Monday night at American Family Field. I expressed some concern about Peralta on the show last week. He did not look very sharp in his first two starts off the IL for that shoulder issue. But um, he was terrific last Tuesday at Detroit, six shutout frames, only two hits allowed, no walks, nine strikeouts. So Peralta does seem to have shaken off the rust a bit. Uh, for the season at age 25, he has a 2.57 ERA, 0.95 whip, 
181 strikeouts and 133 innings. So if Peralta's healthy and, and humming and along with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Eric Lauer's been excellent lately, Adrian Hauser's been very good too, not to mention the bullpen pieces. That's going to be a very dangerous October pitching staff. We've been saying that all year. Uh, Willie Adamas was just activated off the IL on Monday evening after missing a couple of weeks with a lingering quad injury. That's huge for the offense. Uh, 905 OPS, 17 home runs, 51 RBIs, 52 runs scored in 88 games since the Brewers acquired Adamas from the Rays in late May. And Milwaukee's 60 and 28 in those 88 games when Adamas plays. So he's been an impactful player to say the least. Yeah, and what we're about to talk about the team Adamas came from next at number four, the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, this past weekend, they split a four-game series with the Tigers. Despite their second straight loss on Sunday, uh, they did take a small step forward towards clinching a spot in the postseason uh, on Sunday. So the Yankees lost 11-1. to So Tampa Bay's magic number is now down to three. Some of that Rays magic may need to continue to be intact to clinch that AL East. Uh, so uh, they're heading into a three-game series against the Blue Jays at Tropicana Field. Yeah, and they've lost seven of their last 11 games. Um, so I think it was fair to knock them down to the number four spot here. Uh, but the lead story right now for Tampa Bay is the arrival of top pitching prospect Shane Baz, who is making his major league debut against the Blue Jays as we chat here on Monday evening. Uh, Baz had a brilliant 2.06 ERA, 0.80 whip, and 113 strikeouts to just 13 walks over 78 and two-thirds innings this summer between AA Montgomery and AAA Durham. He was the 12th overall pick in the 2017 MLB draft out of a high school in Texas, drafted by the Pirates, I should note, um, who then traded him to the Rays in exchange for Chris Archer back in the summer of 2018. You might remember that the Rays also got Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now in that deal, just a, a complete swindling. John Heyman actually said on MLB Network on Monday, I was watching this, that he's heard that the Rays would have accepted any one of Meadows, Archer, or Glass now for Archer in that trade. Wound up getting all three. So I, I feel sorry for Pirates fans most of the time. It's just like, Jeez, man, <laughs> these trades. Anyway, um, I stated my concerns about the Rays pitching situation like throughout the year on this show, but it's hard to envision this group staging a deep October run, at least on paper. But you know, maybe Baz is the solution, or at least part of the solution, especially with Glass now out after Tommy John's surgery. It's a lot to put on his shoulders at age 22 and facing that Toronto offense right out of the gate. I meant to check on that score. Uh, Blue Jays up one nothing in the fourth, so it seems like he's doing all right. But we'll see. I mean, the listeners will know before we do how, how Baz looks in that debut if you had missed audio on Tuesday morning when it typically gets posted. Wander Franco is trending toward being activated from the IL on Friday. He's been making serious strides in side workouts over the last few days and will head out on a two-game minor league rehab assignment with Durham on Wednesday and Thursday. Franco's 39-game on base streak will still be intact when he does return to the fold. Uh, with enough time to perhaps chase down Frank Robinson's record on base streak for a player age 20 or younger, 43 games set in 1956. Uh, so another boost to look forward to there with Franco's anticipated return. And I, I think they got the AL East locked up. It's just about how that roster looks going into the postseason. 
At number five, the Houston Astros. Sunday's win over the Angels improved the AL West leading Astros to 88 and 61. So now their magic number to clinch the division is now eight with 13 games left in the season. So it's also the sixth win in the last eight games for Houston. Uh, so they're looking in pretty tip-top shape heading into the postseason. Yeah, they've rattled off four straight series wins against a lighter portion of their schedule. Mariners, Angels, Rangers, Diamondbacks, uh, the six-game lead on the A's right now, like you mentioned, for first place in the AL West, should lock up that division championship pretty soon, perhaps by the end of this week. Houston has the best run differential of all American League teams at plus 201, at least as of Monday evening, only behind the Dodgers at plus 249 for the top overall run differential in the majors. Carlos Correa has been on a nice run lately as he heads toward free agency this winter. 16 RBIs through 16 games played this month for Correa. He had his 24th home run of the season on Sunday versus Arizona. We'll probably get to 25 homers this year for the first time in his career. Um, I'm kind of worried about Zach Granke as the Astros look to October, though. Um, he's allowed 18 earned runs over his last three starts, only 13 innings with a COVID IL stint in between. Got roughed up by the Diamondbacks on Sunday. The Astros did manage, out, manage to pull out a 7-6 win in that game, though. Lance McCullers has been excellent. It looks like he'll be the ace of the postseason staff. And then Framber Valdez, Jose Arquiti, Luis Garcia. It, it's a strong group beyond Granke, and, and I'm sure he'll still be in the mix in some capacity, maybe long relief or like an emergency four, game four, game five type starter. And we know the Astros offense is capable of tangling with anyone that they face come October. All right, that rounds off your top five. Let's go ahead and head into your big risers of the week. So starting off at number 10, climbing up five spots. I, I, I can't remember the last time a team climbed up five spots in your rankings, but I'm going to ignore that this might be a little biased. Uh, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, what a bounce back, though. Uh, so on September 7th, the Cardinals had a 2.8 chance to make the postseason. So as of today, they have a 73.7% chance of making it. So Tyler O'Neill was also named Player of the Week. Uh, he hit safely in all six games last week. Uh, he drove in at least one run in five of them, also hit three home runs, two of which came in the eighth inning and put the Cardinals in the lead. So talk about clutch. So the Cardinals have won eight straight games overall. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that, uh, that second National League wildcard spot. Uh, I'll have to ask you as a Cardinals fan, did you think that the Cardinals would jump right back into it like they did? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked about them. I guess we talked about them last week, and I, I wasn't even really buying in then. But no, not at all. But an eight-game winning streak, I mean, that's what gets you to jump five spots. And uh, the recent success has really sustained me through my – Wedding hangover, uh, three-game weekend sweep of the Padres, eight straight victories, like I mentioned, suddenly 10 games above 500. And we did have the TVs on at, at our reception on Saturday night, so that go-ahead homer by Tyler O'Neill in the eighth inning or seventh inning, I, I can't remember fully, but it really brought the energy up in the place. So shout-out to Tyler O'Neill for his timely wedding gift. And yeah, you mentioned the fan graphs, odds. Just crazy that they've jumped from 2.8 to 73.7%. It's a huge jump. In a matter of 14 days, 13 days. Speaking of O'Neill, I mean, it, it, obviously they're helped by, you know, the Padres and uh, the Reds falling off and uh, the Phillies and the Mets. I mean, they've really kind of had the path open to them to make this run, but hey, they're doing it. 
And O'Neal, you mentioned he, he won NL Player of the Week. He's batting 342 with an 11-27 OPS, seven homers, 18 RBIs, three steals, 18 runs scored over his last 20 games dating back to August 29th. Paul Goldschmidt, since the beginning of August, so this is a large sample size, a 340 average, 1020 OPS, nine homers, 32 RBIs, six steals, 34 runs scored in 43 games. Um, and the whole world knows how hot Adam Wainwright has been at this point. Hopefully the Cardinals can create further distance on that second NL wildcard spot and save Wainwright to pitch in the actual NL wildcard game, either against the Giants or the Dodgers. I'm amazed as anybody that this run has happened. Um, when Jack Flaherty hit the IL again with a shoulder issue in late August, I said on multiple recorded programs, this one included, that the Cardinals were done. And usually like on a, a World Series championship DVD, there's some early montage of various pundits counting a team out. <laughs> I hope to be included. <laughs> Not that I think this team is capable of winning the World Series or that I'm delusional enough to think that this audio reaches the people that put those World Series DVDs together. But um, <laughs> yeah, go Cards. I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm actually locked into baseball to watching Cardinals baseball for the first time in a while. I'm sure you definitely would not mind uh, being a corn cob if it meant that your your team you get to see your team uh, in the postseason after like the really rough season the Cardinals have had overall. Yeah. I love uh, to be a corn cob. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> Nothing would bring me greater joy. I, I I would actually like to be in your position too. So I totally don't blame you one bit. Right, at number eleven, say, say something bad about the White Sox. We'll <laughs> I think I might have uh, just uh, thrown some thrown some shade at Cesar Hernandez's defense. So so maybe now uh, he's he's definitely just going to have a fantastic day next time he's in the lineup. <laughs> at number eleven, the Oakland Athletics going up one spot. Uh, they have a five game winning streak. Uh, so uh, the A's finished their twenty twenty one season series fifteen and four against the Los Angeles Angels. So uh, yeah, it looks like they are definitely doing a push for an AL wild card spot. Uh, something that may help their morale before the end of the season it looks as if chris bassett is set to do a return to the rotation uh, reports say he's progressing well uh, he took a 100 mile an hour a line drive to the face on august 17th uh, so it's it's really great to see him bouncing back and possibly uh, helping the a's make a push uh, for for the wild card yeah you mentioned that that five game winning streak they'll, they'll carry that into monday night series opener against the mariners a, a series you highlighted at the top of the show um, very impactful for the AL wildcard race. And yeah, the A's rolled through Kansas City and Anaheim last week as they should have, sitting two games back of the Red Sox right now for the second AL wildcard spot. Got to keep the pedal to the metal, though, um, with such little time remaining, even making up two games is hard. Uh, but the rest of the season slate for the A's, it's kind of weird. Four versus Seattle, uh, that begins on Monday night, then three versus Houston, then three at Seattle, then three at Houston. So some familiar foes in there. Um, it's just kind of surprising all these games are grouped together right here in, in the final two weeks of the season. And you talked about Chris Bassett. Yeah, suffered multiple facial fractures when he was struck by that comebacker on August 17th. It looks like he could return as early as Thursday, which is the series finale in that four-game set with the Mariners. That's a significant real-life and emotional boost for this team. They've been a little lost without – him eating innings really effectively in that starting rotation. Um, and they're, they're one of four clubs contending for those two AL wildcard spots, along with the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Yankees. So they need to keep winning games. They need to take three of four at least, I think, from the Mariners. 
to, to stay alive or possibly put themselves in position going into the final week. It's probably going to go down to the final stretch of games, like the final, maybe even the final day of the year, that AL wildcard race and possibly the NL wildcard race too. At number 15, the Philadelphia Phillies. Huh. Uh, so the Phillies are only two games back of the Braves. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, they're also three and a half games back of that second wild card spot. Uh, so Bryce Harper has been nothing short of ridiculously good. And I did write earlier this week that he deserves some consideration for NL MVP. Uh, so he's reached base in 15 consecutive games and had a 14-game hit streak broken on Sunday. He's hitting a 426, 20 for 47 with 13 extra base hits and 16 RBI during that hitting streak. JT Real Muto uh, also drove in his 65th run of the season. Uh, so that was on Sunday, I believe. I left that part out of my notes. Uh, so he's got four seasons now with at least 65 RBI. So since 2017 that is the most by a catcher during that span yeah pretty good for a catcher i'm, I'm totally stealing this note from a, a baseball reference tweet i saw on monday but bryce harper going back to the all-star break is slashing 352 484 754 and since the first all-star game in 1933 the only players to slash 350 480 750 or better in the second half Minimum 250 plate appearances are Ryan Howard, Barry Bonds, Manny Ramirez, and Ted Williams. Um, so yeah, yeah. So you talk about NL MVP candidacy. Like what he's doing is even historic. And uh, with the Padres falling off, that matters to some voters' team success. And Fernando Tatis Jr. getting into shouting matches in the dugout. Maybe his candidacy is not so locked in as it was a, a few months ago, or since he returned from that like third shoulder IL stint. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, and like you mentioned, the Phillies are only two games back of the Braves for first place in the National League East as of Monday evening. And the schedule is really favorable for Philadelphia the rest of the way. Three versus Baltimore, four versus Pittsburgh, three at Atlanta, three at Miami. In a lot of ways, the Phillies control their own destiny, the old cliche here, playing three bad teams. And also with that three-game set in Atlanta, which is their second-to-last series of the year so they'll know exactly what they have to do in that series um they're three and a half games back of the second nl wild card so that's a potential avenue too if the cardinals fall off and if the braves go on a winning streak to close things out but the phillies are getting hot in their own right um so a couple of undecided races there that the phillies could maybe exploit over what remains of the regular season that wraps up your big risers of the week. Let's go ahead and switch gears a bit and go to your big fallers of the week. So uh, falling two spots to number 12, they were number 10 last week, the Seattle Mariners. So the Mariners have been fun, uh, but like, like you mentioned a few shows back, maybe they've been a little lucky. Uh, so they did lose to Kansas City on Sunday. They're currently four games back in the AL wildcard standings after uh, the, the Red Sox won and the Blue Jays also won. Uh, so they lead the Yankees by one half of a game for that second AL wildcard spot. So we've talked about these ball clubs quite a bit over the course of this show. Uh, there's definitely kind of an interesting four-team, just four-team fight for uh, for wild card spots. Yeah, the Mariners did take two of three from the Royals over the weekend. Jared Kalnick had a really good series and is having a, a pretty encouraging September overall. But the Mariners have lost seven of their last 12 games going back a few weeks and are probably, I think, done being relevant in the AL wildcard picture. Like you mentioned, four games back with only 13 games to go. And the Red Sox, Blue Jays, A's and Yankees all sitting above Seattle at the moment and on paper probably better teams and 
If you look at run differential instead of fun differential, probably better teams. It's been a nice year for Seattle, though, considering the expectations uh, around this club back in the spring. They have some bright young talent, Kelnick, Logan Gilbert, um, and more on the way. But it, it is indeed looking like this will be a 20th straight year of no postseason baseball for the Mariners. Um, maybe they can snap that streak in 2022. I'd, ex- I'd expect they're going to have a pretty active offseason and maybe throw some cash around to bolster the holes that need need to be bolstered on that roster. Yeah, I, I hope so, because I was rooting for them. I was really hoping uh, the Mariners would kind of make a surprise entrance to the postseason. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe that's still in their cards. Uh, baseball is weird and unpredictable that way. They have a bright future. They really do. They do. Yeah. And at number 13, the Atlanta Braves falling two spots so uh, something cool that did happen to the Braves, though, Eddie Rosario hit for the cycle. He only saw five pitches. So uh, he and Freddie Freeman are the Braves to hit for the cycle in 2021. Uh, so uh, they did lose four straight. Uh, the Phillies, unfortunately, uh, for the Braves, uh, had four consecutive victories. So even though uh, they lead the Phillies by one game in the NL East, it's definitely not a comfortable lead. They had a four and a half game lead on uh, last Tuesday to give our listeners a little bit of uh, some perspective on how uh, they may be in danger. Yeah, I mean, we're into the, the second to last week of the regular season and still nobody seems to want to win the NL East. Um, the records over the last 10 games for the five teams in that division Nationals three and seven, Marlins five and five, Mets three and seven, Phillies five and five, Braves four and six. And the first place Braves are only two games up on Philly for first place entering Monday's slate, like we've said over and over. Uh, They lost two of three to the Giants over the weekend, dropped two games to the Rockies before that. And actually, this is kind of interesting. Thursday's series finale against the Rockies got rained out due to unplayable field conditions in Atlanta from a storm the night before. So that one could have to be made up the day after what would have been the final Sunday of the regular season if it matters for the standings, and it looks like it very well could. Um, So that would be a game 163, but it's actually like game 145 that they're having to make up. It would would be a fun watch on what is usually a Monday without baseball in the lead-up to the wildcard games on that Tuesday and Wednesday in early October. Um, And the Phillies can force the issue, maybe make the Braves play that makeup till. You mentioned Eddie Rosario cycled. Surprisingly, that was just the fifth cycle in Braves history. Uh, but but Freddie Freeman also did have one earlier this year, like you said. So two already this year, only five for their entire Atlanta Braves history, not the Boston Braves. But shout out to Adam Duvall as well. He began play on, on Monday with a career best 15 game hitting streak and seven of his 17 hits during the streak have been home runs. He's got a career high 36 homers and NL leading 105 RBIs, very nice deadline pickup for the Braves. But um, this is not the time that, that they can be losing series and losing games. They need to, to, to kind of put the pedal to the metal again and uh, and create some distance from the Phillies who look like they're, I don't, I don't know, kind of charging. No one in the NL East is really charging. But um, the Braves got to be careful here. Yeah, no one is comfortable in the NL East. Nothing is safe. No. Let's go to your final of the week, the San Diego Padres at number 16. And if you told me like in the middle of the season that the Padres would be at number 16 in your rankings, I would have laughed. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, yeah, I think uh, are the Mets cooked is being replaced by are the Padres cooked. Uh, they were swept by the Cardinals. They were two and eight in their last 10. They've got a 5.5% chance of making the postseason. So uh, yeah, this late stumble has been definitely disappointing. Uh, one cool factoid I point out is that uh, they aren't really hitting home runs anymore. So it looks as if uh, Tommy Pham hit a home run in the sixth inning on Sunday. That was the team's 10th home run in September. So only the Rangers, uh, who have nine, have hit fewer uh, fewer home runs this month. Yeah, they had the worst record of any National League team since August 11th, which is really just mind-boggling. 10 and 24. Um, the Nationals are 11 and 25. Diamondbacks 13 and 22. Pirates 15 and 21. Cubs 15 and 20. The Padres are 10 and 24 since August 11th and just got swept by the Cardinals in what was a must-win three-game weekend series at St. Louis. There were articles on Sunday night about how manager Jace Tingler has lost the clubhouse. I mentioned, and you probably saw, the shouting match between Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. in the dugout at Bush Stadium on Saturday night. It's a mess, and we're likely going to see some major changes this winter. I think Tingler's going to get fired. I there might be some calls for AJ Preller to to get fired too. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, they were 17 games above 500 on August 10th. Now only three games above 500 here on September 20th. Three and a half games back of the second NL wild card with 13 games to play. 20 and a half games back of the Giants in the National League West standings. And the rest of season schedule is absolutely brutal for the Padres. So a, a turnaround, some kind of late run, would be legitimately shocking. Um, it's probably only going to get worse. Three versus San Francisco, three versus Atlanta, three at the Dodgers, three at the Giants to round things out. I think they could finish below the 500 mark. I think that's more in the, in the realm of possibility than them making some late charge for, for the second NL wildcard spot. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think they're done, and I guess this show is done. See, see what I did there? <laughs> Uh, I think that was the, your your third uh, or, or fourth time right there. Yeah, I got, I got to switch it up a bit, but uh, <laughs> we'll work on that next week um, and over the off season. I guess this is probably one of our final two or three shows. I don't know. I guess we'll we'll, we'll sort okay. out whether we, yeah whether we want to do one going into the postseason. I'm gonna uh, have to workshop my jokes more for this for the show then. Yeah, we, should, we we're gonna have a lot of stuff to uh, a lot of filler that needs to be filled in. All right, anyway, that'll do it for this week's Power Rankings show. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column. Again, it goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings, observations on all 30 teams. Rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. We love five stars, but any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa. And peace out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
of a detour.